Hey, everybody. Andy Hamilton of Track Wrestling coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. I'm joined again this week by the Don of the Track Wrestling Rankings, David <laughs> Mirkatani. We're going to be breaking down what transpired on the Division One mats over the past week, how that affected the Track Wrestling Rankings, and give you a little bit of a preview of what's to come this week. So, first of all, welcome back, David. It's good to be with you, Andy. Another good weekend of wrestling, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We had three top ten dual clashes over the weekend. Uh, first of all, the big one in Iowa City, Iowa minus Corey Clark, Downs, Ohio State minus Kyle Snyder, 21 to 13. It was the first loss of the season for the Buckeyes. David, you had a chance to watch that one while you were in your car. What were your big takeaways <laughs> from what you saw? Yeah, I might have broken a few laws, but I, but it was well. It was, there's a couple things that were interesting. I mean, you're absolutely right that you know each team was without a guy, but Tomasello Clark is probably a toss-up match, and if Tomasello wins that match, it's not really a shock. And so then, if that were the case, it wouldn't change the team score at all. But Snyder wrestling, uh, a friend and I figured it out. If he just gets a tech, the team score would have been tied, and when it came down to team overall match point and Ohio State would have actually won the duel. So that's really interesting. I think the other interesting thing is nine out of the ten matches were not an upset. The only match that was an upset was Pletcher over Carton, and those guys were ranked really close to one another. So it's really not, you know, a gigantic upset. And you normally you see more upsets like that. There were really some competitive matches. Obviously, 84 was really good. Um 49 was interesting. You know, I mean, Sorensen rode really well. I know you were there. Um, I didn't anticipate that match going that way where he got out really easy and just rode the tar out of Jordan. But, I mean, it was impressive. He was he was very impressive. Um, I thought at 33, Iowa did a good job of keeping the bonus points down. And, um, you know, 25, the extracurricular stuff was certainly interesting to, to – hear about from you afterwards talking to Gilman but you know Iowa continues to run the gauntlet of a really tough schedule and it was it was impressive to watch those guys bounce back and win especially without Stoll. Well while that one was going down in Iowa City Lehigh and Virginia Tech were going at it out in Pennsylvania and, and if you would have told me prior to that dual meet that uh, Joey Dance and Zach Epperly would both go down I, I wouldn't have thought that uh Virginia Tech would find a way to survive, but the Hokies did. Lehigh didn't have Jordan Cutler in the lineup at 157, and that that loomed large in the outcome as uh, Sal Mastriani won that match for Virginia Tech. Uh, around the same time, while all this stuff was going on, Oklahoma State uh, you know, loses four straight matches Friday night in the middle of the duel against Missouri, still finds a way to escape Columbia with a 20-16 to win. Oklahoma State coach John Smith talked about his team's performance. It wasn't, it wasn't our best match by, you know, by far, but it's important to, to be able to struggle in matches and still find ways to win. You know, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, that uh, is really important, you know. Uh, I'm just pleased with uh, Schaefer going out and kind of being in a tight situation on the road and, you know, kind of putting that match out of question in the first period. 
you know, th- those are things you like to see, and, and we saw that. But, uh, we struggled at 57, 65, uh, mistake after mistake, uh, 74, uh, didn't show up. Uh, those three weights there, uh, of course, about 49, we competed well. I mean, those guys have gone back and forth. Uh, uh, there was a pretty critical call in there that, that might have made the difference, but in the end, uh, they were battle matches, and we knew they were going to be, and uh, we won enough of them. Well, David, what were your big take takeaways from those two dual meets? Well, the Lehigh Virginia Tech one at seventy four. It seemed like Preach was, you know, he's been knocking on the door all year. I mean, you know, he, you know, got neutral fall pinned by Rio Budo. He got cement chopped by Mark Hall while he was winning. And I actually told a friend of mine, I go, I have a feeling he's going to win that match. He just, you know, he's been so close. And then he did. Um, you know, Joey Dan has a lot of close matches. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's probably an interesting guy to coach because his ceiling is really high. Sometimes he doesn't open this up as much as I'm sure he, his coaches would like. So the seating there is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, we only dropped him a spot. But you know, there's an argument to be made, I guess, that Lambert or, or Lezek could go above him. As far as, you know, Oklahoma State, Missouri, you know, Missouri's really had a hard season. You know, they they lost some guys to injury. You know, a couple guys are, you know, banged up. Ironman moved up a weight. Ernesty moved in. You know, they, they lost Oklahoma, albeit they forfeited a weight. You know, but if you look at that, you know, in the first bedlam, Oklahoma State beats OU 9 out of 10 loses one match in overtime, then OU beats Missouri, and then Missouri basically ties Oklahoma State and only loses on bonus points. And, you know, the, the 49, 57, 65, those guys were all ranked within one or two spots of each other. But the 74 is a big match, and it really, the Wisman match over Crutchmer, it really gave validity to his win over Matt Reed earlier in the year where we had discussed that one week where, like, well, he got a headlock. We're not going to really hold it against Reed or you know give Wisman credit for it. But he's put four or five matches in in a row now wins, and he two of them were Reed and Crutchmer. So that that gives Missouri you know hope to put another guy in the tournament. And obviously, once they're there, they can score points. Yeah, and let's not forget early in the season too. About halfway through the match, he was he was beating Epperly uh, before he yeah. got pinned in a, in a scramble there too. To your point about Oklahoma, I don't know that there's a more improved team since the beginning of the season than the Sooners. It's It's been incredible to see what Lou Roselli's done with that program in a short amount of time. Uh, but, uh, boy, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that uh, there would be a 30-12 to 12 outcome in, in the dual meet against Oklahoma-Iowa State, I think a lot of people might think that Iowa State would, uh, would have come out on the winning end of that. But... Uh, Certainly, those are our two teams that, uh, from a dual standpoint, are headed in opposite directions right now. Um, you know, after the dust clears on, on the dual front, um, and we break this thing down individually uh, to what it looks like on paper from a team standpoint, Penn State remains the number one team in the rankings, but the Nittany Lions um, pushed their lead over Oklahoma State to 13 points now. Uh, last week, it was just a couple. The top seven teams uh, remain in the same order with Ohio State at three, Iowa at four, followed by Virginia Tech, Nebraska, and Missouri. Lehigh pops back into the top ten at number eight with Cornell and Minnesota rounding out the top ten. 
taking a look at this stuff from an individual standpoint, taking a run through 125 through heavyweight. At 125 pounds, Lehigh's Darian Cruz, we mentioned he had a big weekend. We, we talked about the win over Joey Dance, um, the first loss of the season for Joey Dance this season on Friday. Cruz followed that up on Sunday with a win against Michigan two-time All-American Connor Utsi. So Cruz moves up two spots to number seven, where he's right behind Minnesota's Ethan Lezak, who won their head-to-head at the Southern Scuffle. Penn State freshman Nick Suriano takes over as the new number two at 125, while Dance slides to three and slots in ahead of North Dakota State's Josh Rodriguez. If you recall, Dance won the head-to-head there against Rodriguez at the Virginia Duels uh, in mid-January. Some other notable changes. We said on last week's show that North Carolina State's Sean Fowles would uh, come into the rankings this week somewhere after making the move back down to 125. He slots in at number 14. At 133, no changes in the top nine, but a bunch of guys in the 10 to 20 range got knocked off over the weekend. And we put this week's rankings to bed Sunday night, so these don't reflect what transpired last night or Monday night in Corvallis. Uh, but Joey Palmer is a guy that uh, just climbed into the rankings here a couple weeks ago at 133 after moving the, moving down from 141. He knocks off number 10 Connor Schramm of Stanford. You know, David, you mentioned at the top we didn't get a chance to watch uh, Tomasello Corey Clark like we had hoped. Uh, Iowa held out Corey Clark. Iowa coach Tom Brands talked about Clark's status afterward. I mean, it's a smart thing to do, right thing to do. Uh, we needed him. It's a big dual meet. You know, team-wise, you, you're down in Stillwater, then you're back against the number two team, and um, we had two results that don't favor us, and so you want your best lineup, but... Um, you know, we're not going to – we're just not a gambling. We're very conservative, and we're going to do the right thing. And it'll be time to gamble in the Big Tens if we need to, you know, gamble a little bit with a, with an injury. But Clark's not even there. It's not even close. Could have he went? Yes. Did he want to go? Yes. Um, the call was mine. And we made the call yesterday, and it's one of those things where you need him. He needs that win because of what happened at Oklahoma State. You know, he, he has a good result against – Tomasello, we're back in the in the seat we want to be in. That's the number one ranking. But um, you just don't do things for rankings and things of that nature. You do what's best for these guys, and um, he could have went. Will he sit out until Big Tens, you think? No, no, no. no. He'll okay. be in the lineup next week. Okay. At 141 pounds, the top nine all remain the same, and Randy Cruz continues to have a really strange season. He beats... Kevin Jack, early in the year, he climbs up to number three in the rankings, then he drops decisions to Tyler Willers, Jared Prince, and now, most recently, Sal Profaci. The latest defeat dropped Cruz down from 10 to 13. You mentioned earlier in the show, David, Ohio State freshman Luke Pletcher scored that 6-5 win Friday night against Iowa's Topher Carton. Pletcher makes the jump from 21 up to 14. At 149, LeVon May scored his first win in three tries this season against Oklahoma State's Anthony Colica. It was the first defeat of the season for Colica. We talked about the Brandon Sorensen win against Micah Jordan, the 2-0 victory for Sorensen with the third period right out. Um, David, you elected to leave one through five in the order you had them a week ago. Can you explain your reasoning? What went into the decision to keep those guys where they were? 
Well, um, sure. The, the first thing was, you know, you want to be consistent. So the reason why we ranked uh, Seth Gross, Cade Brock, and Corey Clark in that order, you know, that was, you know, hey, how would they seed it at the tournament? You know, in our opinion, you know, Kalika is one and zero against Sorensen, and he's two and one against Mays. And I know they don't count the All Star meet, but they wrestled and he won. So if you've ever been in a seeding meeting and one guy has two wins out of three, it doesn't matter if it was the last one or not; he still has the seed. So Kalika would have seeds over both of them. You know, probably it was a harder decision to decide to leave Mays behind Sorensen. Um, and it, you know, a friend and I were, I were talking, it's really interesting that Sorensen and Mays have just never wrestled, you know, you know, maybe what happened this year, uh, at nationals or the national duels or whatever, but they've never wrestled. So it felt like, you know, Sorensen, you know, lost on however many seconds of riding time it was against Kalika and he looked pretty tough against Micah Jordan, so it felt like, you know, leave him there. Um, you know, I guess theoretically the, the seating committee might do it differently because they won't count the all-star meet. But we ca- we've counted the all-star meet all year in our, our rankings, and it would just be um, disingenuous to, to start doing it differently now. At 157, we mentioned uh, the string of matches that Missouri put together in the middle of the duel against Oklahoma State. Joey LaValle pops into the top five for the first time this season after beating Oklahoma State's Joe Smith on Friday. Those two traded places at five and six. Kyle Langendurfer of Illinois looks like he's maybe starting to put it together a little bit. Uh, A couple weeks ago, he beat Michigan's Brian Murphy. Uh, Sunday, he took down Arizona State's Josh Shields. Langendurfer comes into the rankings at number 21, while Shields drops from seven to nine. At 165, nobody made a real big move one way or another in the rankings this week at at 165, but there's certainly some interesting stuff that happened here. Isaiah Martinez pinned Anthony Valencio. Isaac Jordan downed Vincenzo Joseph. Uh, Missouri's Daniel Lewis avenged a Southern scuffle loss against Oklahoma State's Chandler Rogers. So those two traded places at six and seven. There was some other interesting stuff as well. David, what were things that stuck out to you? about what transpired at 165. Well, I watched the IMR Valencia match, and it was really pretty close till right at the end of the second period, and, and IMR hit him in a, a little foot prop, foot sweep, literally with less than five seconds left in the period, and it, it seemed like Valencia just got discouraged. You know, IMR took him down and cut him, and when he cut him, uh, he just hit him in that, that whip over, like stayed on his head, and he reached up, and he, he cut him and, you know, was teed out and pinned him. You know, Lewis and Rogers, those guys, it, as much as, you know, Oklahoma State was happy that Rogers got a first period pin, watching those guys scrap, you know, 11-10, that's a great matchup. And they just seem like they're very even guys. And then Palacio probably continues to be the hardest guy to rank in the country, along with Jake Short and a couple other people, because he lost to Virouette from Brown, and, and Brown and Virouette actually um, – lost to Tyrell White from Columbia. So we dropped Palacio another couple spots. Then Mitch Minotti came back in the rankings, so we substituted him back in for Cole Walter. Um, Cottrell uh, won a tournament this weekend against some really good guys, so it feels like he's ready to bounce back. This is an interesting weight where it feels like, you know, the 
the top eight guys are really pretty solid, but it sure seems like there's some guys there that can knock those guys off. And then Kellen Torres beat Mejia's. So there's some, you know, another example of, of, you know, some seating within like the big 12 tournament. That's going to be a little different because of that. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, uh, Dylan Palacio, one thing to keep an eye on there is, uh, you know, we're, we're getting down to the wire here with which weights some of these guys are going to go. And it's going to be interesting to see whether we see him, uh, down at 157 because uh, um, that's certainly where he started the year ranked number two. Uh, looks like that probably is what makes Cornell's team the best, uh, but that's sure. what to keep an eye on here over the course of the next couple of weeks. Moving ahead to 174, some wild stuff took place here. You mentioned Preach <laughs> at the top of the show. Uh, you know, handing Zach Epperly his first loss of the season. You mentioned uh, Dylan Wisman over Kyle Crutchmer. Kyle Crutchmer bounced back Sunday with a win against Iowa State All-American Leland Weatherspoon, but that's two straight weeks in which Crutchmer has been upset. Bo Jordan avoided the upset uh, in Iowa City with a late takedown to beat Iowa's Alex Meyer 3-2. to two. Uh, So he remains number one, even though it's been an abbreviated season so far for, for Bo Jordan. Ohio State coach Tom Ryan talked about Jordan after the Iowa dual meet. That was one of the grittiest performances I've seen since I've been in Ohio State, I would say. He hasn't practiced in two weeks. Uh, he's got us. He's hurt, um, but he wanted to wrestle. And I wasn't going to wrestle him, but we talked to the staff and decided to wrestle him. He had a game plan. I mean, there were a lot of attacks that were open, and he didn't take them early on because, you know, because he's injured. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for Bo was that um, uh, to know that uh, despite your ranking, despite any of those things, that you may be in that position come, you know, instead of late time. And you got you got to find a way to win matches like that. And I'm really proud of the way he, the way he wrestled tonight. It's, that, that is not the Bo Jordan that everyone would have seen tonight had he been healthy. But we saw Bo Jordan and know how to win, win a match against a guy who is wrestling well, had a big win over Hall last week. I'm, I'm sure he's pretty confident. Meyer um, coming into the match. So that match was a good, greedy match for Bo when he needed. So after the dust clears at 174, Kyle Crutchmer drops from six to eight. Uh, Mark Hall goes up from eight to seven. Ethan Ramos from seven to six. Uh, Epperly, we mentioned he falls from uh, second to fifth. Um, David, did you give any thought to potentially moving Zahid Valencia up from three to one? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, and certainly if, if, you know, Jordan had lost to Meyer, then it would be really clear, right? Cause he'd be the only undefeated guy. Um, you know, I guess the thought process is, you know, he started at one, he hasn't done anything to hurt himself, you know, but having said that, you know, I think I reserved the right at the end of the year, if he runs the table and Jordan runs the table, then style points and those other things kind of count. Um, so, you know, Zahid looks great right now, and, and, and Bo, I think, is not healthy, so he's struggling, but he's finding ways to win. And if you're an Arizona State guy or an Ohio State guy, you can be optimistic about both, just depending on how you look at it. Um, you know, Crutchmer was an interesting one because, you know, now he's below Hall, which kind of makes sense because he lost fairly convincingly head-to-head. But he's kind of got a basement where, you know, he's beat Weatherspoon and he, you know, had he lost to Weatherspoon, you know, I, I was fooling around with these rankings on Sunday afternoon getting ready before the duel. And I'm like, well, I guess the worst spot he could fall is, you know, above Meyer because he beat him head to head too. But, 
he's had a weird year. You know, he's kind of like Hall was a couple weeks ago where he's got wins with guys above him and losses to guys below him. So, you know, maybe he's struggling with an injury or maybe having a couple bad weight cuts. But, you know, obviously he's a guy that's proven he can do it in March. Moving ahead to 184, the top 14 all remain the same there. there. Minimal changes throughout the top 25. At 197 pounds, no changes in the top nine. Central Michigan's Austin Severn had a big weekend, though. He beat Kevin Beasley and Sean Scott, and he makes the move from 21 to 16. On a side note, um, one thing that's interesting to me, Iowa's Cash Wilkie has, has been in the match all year with, with guys ranked in the top ten. Um, you know, took Nate Rotert down to the wire. Uh, he was in the match going to the third period before he got turned against Preston Weigel of Oklahoma State. Uh, he took Matt McCutcheon to a tiebreaker. Nobody has really handled him this season the way Ohio State's Colin Moore did Friday night in a 19-7 major decision. Ohio State coach Tom Ryan talked about Colin Moore's growth as a wrestler since the end of last season. Uh, Colin Moore's gains were like the gains of anyone that is at a high level out there, and those gains are over the summer. Uh, the gains are from March to August. And Colin Moore, uh, we made him go to the Junior World Team trials. Uh, he, he, I think he took fifth or sixth in the trial, and then he went to the, you know, the final trial, and he won it. And then that opened the door to uh, Colorado Springs all summer, training with uh, the elite guys in this country, around the elite coaches in the country. And the amount of time that he put in this summer, that's why he's wrestling the way he's wrestling. Uh, lots of suffering, right, all summer long, uh, uh, day in and day out. Um, he put many hours in a work against very high-level people. And, uh, you know, that Junior World team gave him a sense of confidence. You know, we knew he was special when we recruited him. He was a 82-pounder, a small 82-pounder, but he's grown. He's gotten bigger. Um, 4-H kid, loves, loves the farm. You know, and tonight he wrestled like he was in his backyard, you know, in, a, in one of the great environments in any sport, right? In, in athletics, so in a great environment with a lot of energy that was could have gone against them, he managed it extremely well as a freshman. He's, he's special. A little bit of a shakeup in the top five at heavyweight. Duke's Jacob Casper blew open a close match in the third period and won a 15-7 to major decision against Virginia Tech's tie Walls. We're typically used to seeing you know, those, those third period scores and Walls matches really pile up in his favor. That was really alarming to see that. Um, as a result of that outcome, Penn State's Nick Nevels moves up to number three. Casper slid up one notch to number four, and Walls fell from three to five. So moving ahead to what's on tap this week, we got some big ones. Penn State at Ohio State, Iowa at Minnesota, Appalachian State versus Chattanooga for the SoCon lead. David, what are the things that you're going to have an eye on, both uh, from an individual and a team standpoint this week? Well, I think Iowa-Minnesota on Sunday is interesting. You know, 25 is a good matchup. I mean, there's a bunch of good matchups in that duel. Um, you know, short and Kemmer. So there's there's a lot of matches that are, you know, can, can go a couple different ways there. Um, you know, obviously the marquee duel of the week is Penn State-Ohio State. And um, I just did match chat with Jay Jaggers earlier today, and he says they're expecting 10,000 people for that meet. So, that should be electric. And, uh, you know, if you look at the duel, it wouldn't surprise a lot of people if it went 5-5. Five, five. 
And, you know, Penn State's still hard to beat because they bonus at a lot of weights, and, and they really match up well at a couple weights to get bonus. Um, but I think a lot of it may come down to, you know, like can Carpenter not get, you know, bonus big time by Tomasello? Can Jake Ryan find a way somehow to keep it close against Nall for at least, I mean, it sounds crazy, but just get majored, you know, those kind of things. Um you know, can Rodriguez bounce back and give Suriano a match, or, or is it going to be like Gilman Part 2? Um, you know, I have imagine Bo Nickel might be a little motivated against Miles Martin this time. So, and, you know, you talked about Colin Moore, and Coach Ryan talked about him. I mean, he's got a match with McCutcheon. You know, I watched that match. He looks, and I'm sure he wouldn't want me to put this on him, but he looks like a little bit like Kyle Snyder Jr., a lot of his mannerisms and, how he finds the guy with his hands in certain, you know, ways mechanically. It's kind of scary that kid's only a freshman. He feels like he's going to get a lot, a lot better. Neville's had a really good match last week with Medbury, you know, and Medbury's really good, but he's not the Olympic champion. So this is definitely a huge step up for Neville's against Snyder. So, and I think Ohio State, if somehow they were in it, only down six, seven, eight. Uh, going into the last two matches, I, I think they like their odds. So it, it's going to be a fascinating meet to watch, and I, um, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be really interesting. Well, David, we just had some big news come across um, from Iowa State. The Cyclones have announced that Kevin Jackson will leave his current position at the conclusion of the 2017 season and take a role, an administrative role, within the athletic department. Um, you're a guy that has connections to that program. Um, certainly, you followed what has transpired this season, Cyclones, uh, in the midst of what has been, up to this point, the, the worst dual season in the program history. I'm, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that news coming across here just in the last couple minutes. Yeah, it, the timing of it, at the very least, is shocking, right? And, um, you know, Kevin's brother, Tori, and I actually started out at Iowa State together. We were roommates. So Kevin used to stop by, all, you know, the the dorm room all the time. He was a super cool guy to me. You know, he's an Olympic champion, you know, really, you know, kind of a hero, super personality, um, high-energy guy, Um Obviously, the dual meet success isn't good, and I don't know even if like some of the Twitter stuff or any of that stuff has anything to do with this decision. Um, I know Kevin really cares about his guys a lot. You know, Deron Wynn trained up there for a while and had nothing but but fantastic things to say about Kevin. So um, that guy's a winner. I know he's going to land on his feet, and um, you know that, that job and the pit job. You know, those are going to be jobs that are highly sought after. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all the kids that have committed to him, you know, if they stay. And, it, you know, that could end up causing a feeding frenzy as well because he had a great recruiting class last year and another really, really good one this year. So um, big things happening, and it's cool to be friends with guys like you that get the story first and you get to talk about it right away. Well, I think, as you mentioned, yeah, that's that's uh, going to be a pretty coveted job when, when you talk about the, the resources um, that, that they uh, have in place there, particularly what's on the roster. You look uh, what's on the roster, what's on the way in, but uh, Kanan Store has had a, a terrific redshirt season at 141 pounds, placing at Midlands, um, posting uh, some, some good wins in open competition. 
Um, you know, Pat Downey uh, has another year of eligibility. Um, Austin Gomez, well, Austin Gomez on the way in. Um, Jake Aller on the way in. Uh, Jared Verclaren, um coming yeah. in as well. So um, certainly, whoever uh, takes over for Kevin Jackson at Iowa State is going to have a lot to work with next year, assuming that um, all those pieces remain in place. So. Uh, absolutely, that's going to be one to watch. Uh, Pittsburgh, um, certainly a uh, uh, diamond in the rough type of program there with all of, of the talent um, within a couple to three hours of that campus yeah. as well. So, uh, so we may see some uh, some more turnover as well. But, um, you know, that's uh, it's going to be one to keep an eye on here for uh, the next two, three months. Um, you know, we mentioned, uh, I think a week ago and on last week's show, just the comments that Iowa State uh, Athletic Director Jamie Pollard had made on uh, his coach's call-in show and, and uh, sort of indicated that, um, you know, maybe that uh, we were we were heading for some type of, of turnover at Iowa State. But uh, going back to looking ahead to what's uh, to come here in the near future, anything that uh, – else that you're going to have your your eye on um either from a dual standpoint or or individual matchup standpoint that we, that we haven't covered yet i mean no there's a lot of individual matchups and i mean you know i'm just going to sit there and you know process all the data and, and talk to guys like you and the other people i trust to sort it out i mean for people that think about the rankings and you know how does it get done it would be really cool if it was just 100% fact-based and there was no opinion, but that's just not how it works. At some point, you have to sort out a guy who's 17 and six against a guy who's 18 and seven, and you know they have one common opponent back in November. Um, you know, so the, the greatest thing about wrestling is guys like me and you don't decide who wins and who's an All-American. They get to settle it on the mat. You know, they, you know, they just have to be good enough to get into the bracket, and then anything can happen. So, you know, rankings are really fun to talk about. Most of the time they're fun to do. Uh, but um, I think that's why people love wrestling because, you know, you step on the line and you're out there basically 100%, you know, alone and accountable. And, you know, the best, you know, the best guy that day wins. And, you know, you got to live with the results no matter what. So, um, yeah, it, there's a bunch of individual matches that we'll see. And it's it's getting down to, you know, crunch time here, as my dad would always say, this time of the year. So, a lot of stuff to watch. Looking at Ohio State, Penn State, what's the most interesting match to you in that dual meet? I think the swing match is Gulaban Pletcher, right? Like, if you go on paper, Suriano wins, Tomasello wins, that's a push. Um, if you skip 41, Rutherford is favored, Nolf is favored, Joseph is favored. Um, you know, Mark Hall, Bo Jordan's obviously a huge match. Probably 41 and 74. And then, I don't know, I guess really 41 in the last four because Nickel Martin has all sorts of great storylines. McCutcheon Moore, Neville Snyder. I mean, I, I mean, obviously Snyder's a huge favorite, but Nick Neville's is legit. And, you know, he, he improved, I think, his stock in losing to Medbury close. So I think, you know, that's, that's a really interesting match. And just, you know, Penn State's going to be hard to beat. And, you know, they keep, you know, when we had them ranked sixth or seventh at the beginning of the year, nobody thought that, but they had to, 
you know, get the guys to get the matches in to earn their spots in the rankings. Um, but Ohio State's got a kind of a weird team that kind of match up with them okay. You know, Jordan could, you know, maybe hold Rutherford to a decision. You know, Fletcher gets a win. Um, if you think about it that way, 25 and 33 are a push, 41 and 49 are a push. They, they lose at 57-65, but they win at 97 heavy. It kind of comes down to 74-84. I mean, that's – then you got Hall, Jordan, Nickel, Martin. I mean, it'd be interesting if they started the duel at 97. I don't think they will. But if it came down to Nickel, Martin, and Hall, Jordan, that would, that'd be pretty cool. So, Well, lots of great stuff this week, David. Thank you, as always, for your time and insight. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And check back to trackwrestling.com for our college uh, conference notebook series. It'll be coming out here in the next couple of days. Um, you can also check out David's rankings on there. We've got the release up from the Kevin Jackson uh, resignation. Um, we're going to have a ton of stuff coming to you in the next several days. Also got a redesign of the site that, uh, uh, so check that out. If you're listening to us on iTunes through the Matt talk, podcast network if you're listening to us on track wrestling already and you want to download and listen to us on the go you can do that through itunes on the matt talk podcast network so thank you very much for tuning in this week dave and i will be back next week to break down penn state ohio state iowa minnesota and all of the individual rankings so thanks for joining us is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.